0: Well, it is uh, great to see everybody today, and uh, especially to our guests. We're so glad you guys are here. I mean, really, the truth is, every weekend is VIP weekend here at AXIS. It's just sometimes, a couple times a year, we try to just really, really roll out the red carpet for you guys and just say how, how honored we are that you are here with us today, and and we did buy donuts, over 200 uh, some, I don't even, 250 donuts today. We have two campuses now uh, with Access Church, and the Middletown campus always has donuts. I mean, they just, they just love their donuts. In fact, there's a lady there named Stella, and she's an older lady. She really likes to take care of people, in particular her pastors. And she's like, what's your favorite donut? And I was like, I don't know, you know, kind of just... Whatever, and she's like, No, 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 tell me. So she buys me this huge wagon wheel donut, and then she watches me to make sure that I eat every morsel of the donut. So I'm getting fat in Jesus' name, amen. I mean, she's like all over me about it, and and uh, but it's so great, and and uh, and and we wanted to kind of extend that to you guys today here, and uh, and so we're just honored that you're here, and uh, we're just so glad to be a part of the fellowship today, and really listen. Our message to you is simple, and we really wanted to keep it just just very, very uh, basic today as we talk about this message. In a world of stress and busyness and tension, there is someone who wants to tell you that you matter, and he wants to give you peace. I mean, we face a lot of tension these days in our world, don't we? Anybody seen this game before? Bop it extreme. Anybody had one of these? Um, I'm not really that good at it, but... Okay, so check it out. Here, watch. Twist it. See, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do over. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay, wait. Okay, ready. Twist it. it. Pull it. Twist it. Okay, okay, okay. Now... Now now, now, listen, now listen, now listen. I'm usually pretty competitive, but obviously I'm not that great at this game. Um, Here's the deal with Bop It. How many of you know what happens next? It just gets faster and faster and faster and faster. And and I don't know about you guys, but uh, I brought this because really my life is represented by this game a lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are times where my life just speeds up and speeds up, and I feel like I'm getting bopped and twisted and pulled and spun in all kinds of different directions, and maybe you guys know what I'm talking about today, and really what we're going to do is just try to say in the world of tension that we live in, because right now there is relational tension between people, there is international tension, just watch the news, there is economic tension, and even though it seems like the stock market is in kind of a, a rise there is always this fear of what will happen next, and will my retirement be there, and will our Social Security payments be there, and so on and so forth. And we wonder about these things. And so we have tension also on the inside of us that says, but I don't know if I can make it, and while we look calm on the outside, on the inside, we can be filled with that kind of tension. In fact, the U.S. Uh, Center for Disease Control estimates that half of the deaths that occur between age one and age 65 are directly related to our stressful lifestyle that are directly related, about half of the deaths that occur between that time directly related to our stress. That's why Proverbs 12, 25 says, an anxious heart weighs a man down, weighs a man down. And it's been my experience that it keeps us from living freely and living lightly, and it keeps us at a strong pace that is just too much to handle. And so what I did today was I just wrote out the top 10 things that I think cause stress in my life. Maybe they'll relate to you. Top 10 things that relate to my life that are stressful. And we're going to go through them pretty quickly because you know why? Because we're busy. Amen. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go through them quickly today because there's 10 things. And here's, the, here's number one. The first thing that causes stress for me is unexpected trouble. Unexpected trouble. What I want you to see in each of these ideas is that, yeah, there's the tension side, but there's also the resolution side because God's word speaks in every one of these. Unexpected trouble. That could just make you run faster. That's the unexpected phone call. Hey, your child was just injured at the soccer game. or, Or your child that says, hey, mom or dad, I was just in a car accident. Can you come pick up the car? Or maybe that phone call or that call into the office that says, hey, it's time to let you go. Whatever it is, that unexpected trouble. And Jesus said, as long as we live in this world, we're going to have trouble. In fact, he said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Because ever since our collective sin from the very beginning, the world has been groaning. The world has been in a period of, of really just kind of unsettled nature. But, but there's a good side. James, the author says, James chapter 1, dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, and it is going to come your way. That's why it says, whenever it comes, let it be an opportunity for joy. What? I mean, joy? Yeah. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully complete or fully developed, you will be strong in character, ready for anything. Unexpected storms come, but it's going to develop you. It's going to. It's going to saddle bust you. It's going to prepare you. That's the positive side. So the first one is unexpected trouble. The second one is unnecessary worry. Mark Twain once said, I've had to experience some terrible things in my life, a few of which actually happened. And that's the way worry is. Worry is, I I mean, mean, I don't know if I can handle what is going to come, and yet most of it never comes. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, I tell you, don't worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or clothes, doesn't life consist of more than food or clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't need to plant or harvest or put food in barns because your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are far more valuable than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? One author wrote, said the robin to the sparrow, What I would really like to know is why those anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, well, I guess that it must be that they don't have a heavenly father such that cares for me and you. There is absolutely nothing productive about worry. That's why Jesus answers his own question, and he says, can a worry add a single hour of your life? And the, the answer is, of course not. The third thing is unorganized clutter. How many of you are hoarders? Amen? You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to admit it. It's okay. It's okay. How many of your spouse is a hoarder? No, don't say it. Don't say it. All right, all right. So how many of you have ever seen the show Hoarders? <clears throat> and if you watch that show, they basically take uh, someone's house that is an absolute disaster and they put all their stuff in like three piles. You got the like the throwaway pile, you have the keep pile, and you have the giveaway pile, okay? And, and when you look at those three piles, which one do you think tends to be the largest Of the family. No, wrong. They actually want to keep the keep pile. And so the the family's like, oh, wait, keep that, keep that, keep that. And they're just like, no, 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 no. And I think sometimes what we need to do is just, I mean, don't you think that's the way our mind is sometimes? Wouldn't it be a healthy exercise to say, I would like hoarders to come in and do a little work on my mind today? Because we are so cluttered with all kinds of things in our life. And really, it just... While there's comfort in clutter, there's also a lot of disorganization. It keeps us from being the most effective. A lot of you major on the minors, and so do I. We focus not on the things that we should be doing, but instead on the things that really just take our time and task our mind. James 1.18 says a double-minded man is unstable in all he does. In other words, he's so focused on so many different things, he never gets anything accomplished. Someone sent this to me. Uh, And they said, I've recently been diagnosed with AAADD, Age Activated Attention Deficit Disorder. And maybe some of you guys relate to what I'm about to read. I decided one day to work on the car. Started to the garage and noticed the mail on the table. Okay, I'm going to work on the car, but first I'm going to go through the mail. I laid my car keys down on the desk, and after discarding the junk mail, I noticed that the trash can is full. Oh, okay, I need to put my bills on the desk, but first I'll take the trash out. But since I'm going to be near the mailbox, I'll address a few bills. Yeah, wait, now where's that checkbook? Oh, wait, there's only one check left. Where did I put those extra checks anyway? Oh, wait, there's the empty plastic cup from last night on my desk. I'm going to look for those checks, but first I need to put the cup back in the kitchen. And so I head out for the kitchen, look out the window, and notice the flowers need a drink of water. Now I put the cup on the counter. There's my extra pair of glasses there on the kitchen counter. What are they doing there? Now I, somebody should put those away, but first I need to water those plants. I'll head out the door, and oh, someone has left the TV remote in the wrong spot. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to put that away, and then water the plant but first I need to find those checks, and at the end of the day, the bills are still unpaid, the cup is still in the sink, the checkbook still only has one check, and I lost my car keys, and when I try to figure out how come nothing got done today, I'm baffled because I was very, very busy, and some of you, you're super busy, but you're not productive because there's so much clutter in your mind. There's so many distractions. Here's number four, unfinished task. Unfinished task. And if you got a confession today, maybe a group confession, maybe some of us are hoarders, but maybe some of us are procrastinators. Remember that old phrase, procrastination is my sin, it brings me only sorrow. I know that I should give it up. In fact, I will tomorrow. There's probably nothing in my life that's increased my anxiety levels more, has made me run faster than procrastination, puts so much pressure on you. Some of you say, yeah, but I work better under pressure. No, you don't. The truth is you just work under pressure you put pressure on yourself and so you finally get things done. Ecclesiastes 10:18 the author writes laziness lets the roof leak and soon the rafters begin to rot. Here's the deal. We say I'm going to take care of that later. It would have taken a 3 dollar can of silicone caulk, but now we've waited months and now the rafters are rotting and I have to replace The drywall, and I have to replace the plywood and the carpet because the rain has been seeping in ever since the day that you said, I'll do that tomorrow. Unfinished tasks make us feel out of control. Number five, unrealistic expectations. That's a trap I see a lot of families falling today. They set these high, intense, driven success expectations for themselves and their kids, and they have their kids in absolutely everything that they can be involved in. And so they're running from the soccer game to the basketball game. They swing through the drive-thru on the way to the next guitar lesson. And all the while, they're trying to push to do the homework in the car so that they can maintain their good GPA. And at the same time, the parents are involved in many things as well. And they're trying to accumulate more, and there is this incredible, challenging juggling act going on in the family. And friends, I just want to say this to you. If you're ever going to live in a sane, productive, healthy pace, if you're ever just going to allow your kids to be kids, then you have to simplify your life a bit and unplug some things in your life, unplug some things in your family, and just realize, I love this verse from Proverbs 17.1. Listen to this. It says, a dry crust ate in pieces is better than a great feast with strife. In other words, sometimes we put so much on our table, we eat so much that we actually overeat. We overconsume. And it'd just be better if he's like, would you just sit back and eat your meal bite after bite after bite? Unrealistic expectations. Number six, I found that an unsolicited criticism will crank up the stress factor in your life. You know what I'm talking about? I've been in leadership for uh, several years now, many, many years. And sometimes you get unsolicited criticism. I have certainly got my share through the years, usually in the form of a prayer concern. Somebody will say, I have a prayer concern about the stupid things that you're doing, you know, or whatever. So it's like, I want to pray about the stuff that you're doing. Uh, you know, we have two campuses. The one in Middletown is in transition right now because they had kind of done the way that they had done for a long time, and then Access came in, and, and now we're merging together. It's, it's tough. Some people are right on board. They're like, yes, we're ready to go, and we're excited, and, and uh, we got these really cool mugs now. Let me have one of those, that kind of stuff, and it's It's really cool. And, we got a few people there that, you know, they're struggling through it. I got one guy in particular. He, Let's put it this way. He doesn't carry my picture in his wallet. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right. And, uh, and he came with me uh, a few weeks ago. He goes, uh, <clears throat> I don't like that worship. You know, Rob is up there leading worship. And he goes, that's goes, nothing personal about Rob. He said, uh, I just know it's like we're having a revival every weekend. You know, I was like, what's wrong with that? You know, what's wrong with that? And uh, he's like, he said, but this is personal. And he goes, out of every sermon you've ever given here, I didn't get nothing out of one of them. You know, like that. Like, nothing? You got you got nothing out of any of them? Like not even one little like tidbit. I'll be like, nothing? Like nothing? And I said, that's cool. I said, you got the schedule now. You can see which weekends I'm on and which weekends not to come, you know. Ha ha ha. You (laughs) know. Well, a couple weeks ago, he came up to me. He goes, uh, well, you're doing better. He said, uh, you just talk too fast. For us old people, we can't understand people who talk so fast. And he's like, you read that scripture. It was like an 85 and a 65 mile an hour zone, you know? And I I was like, I said, well, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, uh, let's make a deal right here, right now, all right? You, I I will talk a little slower if you listen a little faster. And uh, he kind of smiled a little bit. His wife was behind him. She goes, yes, like, yeah, you know, if I give it to him, you know, or whatever, it's unsolicited criticism, you know, and, and over the years, you get more used to it, if that had happened when I was first in ministry, I'd have be been like, woo, my life's over, you know, he hates me, but, you know, when we try to seek approval of others, and we hear that criticism, man, it makes us want to get even, it makes us want to attack back, Romans 12, 19 says, don't insist on getting even, that's not for you to do, I'll do the judging, God says, I'll take care of it. So don't you go off and worry about it. Don't think about it. Some of you are criticized at work or you have somebody in your family who criticizes you. Don't worry about that. That is unnecessary. It takes you off task. You stay focused on what you're supposed to be doing. Number seven, there, there can lead to times, This especially criticism, can lead to unresolved bitterness. Nothing can rob you of joy and snatch your life away like unresolved bitterness. And you have a lack of forgiveness in your heart for something that happened to you in your life. Maybe with a family member or a friend or somebody at work. And and there was this maybe this mental or physical or emotional, spiritual kind of unresolved conflict in your life. And it will eat you alive. Proverbs 14.10 says, Each heart knows its own bitterness, and no one else can fully share its joy. In other words, when you have so much bitterness in your life, You're not able to fully embrace the the joy that God has in store for you. And so maybe you need to forgive that person in your life. What about this one, number eight, unending seriousness, unending seriousness. I think sometimes people get so serious all the time, they miss life. And I think God's going to meet a bunch of us in heaven one day and say, you know what? I didn't mean for you to have such a crummy time. Why didn't you plan more fun stuff? Why didn't you laugh more? Why didn't you get silly more? Uh, I like to... uh, have a good time, and I told you a few weeks ago that we were at a cross-country meet, and there was a father there, and I told you all this story, but there was a father there of one of the other girls on the team, and we were riding in a golf cart, and he was walking. It just hit me like boom. Like I just, I just yelled out to JB, who's on our staff. I was like, hey, JB, five bucks if I smack that guy in the rear, and, and he didn't even have time to respond, and so as I went by, I went, "Wow!" And this guy, I thought it was going to be hilarious. This guy didn't laugh at all, and I was like, oh, no, you know, maybe I offended him. And, well, After that, this guy has picked up on the joke. And yesterday, I was at a cross country, but I hadn't gotten there yet. JB was there, poor JB. And this dad comes up to JB and smacks him on the rear. (laughs) Wow. And he goes, I like a good joke. And then he smacks him on the rear a second time and says, tell Steve that's worth 10 bucks. (laughs) Now, I'm not even there. I'm not even impressed. I was the guy who did it, and poor JB got smacked on the rear twice. Now, that's how to make a good time a great time. Amen? You know what I'm saying? That's how to make a good time a great time. Proverbs 17, says this, a cheerful disposition is good for your health. And by the way, men, I appreciate it when I tell that story. Three of the guys in this church, as they walked out, they were like, good sermon, preacher. You know, they're like... Man, let's just have a good time, people. I mean, let's not be so serious all the time. Number nine, unbridled appetite. Unbridled appetite. This is just one of those that we deal with, all of us, from time to time. Y- you will not know peace, friends, if you continually live your life outside of the loving boundaries of God. You will never know peace if you're always controlled by your appetite, your impulses, your senses. Every time you make a decision based on the feeling of the moment, I just need this little buzz, this little high, just this little fix. I need this kind of behavior. And you may experience pleasure for a season, but it will be brief. And there's a whole lot of us in this room can attest to the fact that while it's brief, that the long term will be worse. Look at what the Bible says in Psalm 85.10. Love and faithfulness meet together. Don't you love that? And then this, righteousness and peace kiss each other. You guys didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Righteousness and peace. Righteousness and peace. You want peace in your life? Live that way of God's way, and peace will go hand in hand. And then number 10, the number 10 reason why we deal with stress. Unhealthy self-image, unhealthy self-image. And I think that's one of the main reasons that we run so fast is because something internally in us wants to satisfy that desire to be liked or loved or accomplish something in a way that brings about some praise by other people. And if somebody would just notice me or choose me. And I think that's the reason behind so much of the anxiety and stress and workaholism is because people run so fast, they aren't centered in the truth of who they really are. And and they never really understood what God actually offers them. And friends, here's what I want to tell you about this, is that your self-image is not based on what anybody else says about you or your success in this world. The God of the universe says this to you. How great is the love of the Father, and he has lavished out on you, that we should be called what? The children of God. And that is what you are. You are the children of God. You are the ones who are given all of the rights, privileges, and inheritance of being a child of God. God is with you. God is with you. And when Jesus Christ entered our world, you know what they said about him? The angel announced glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Don't we need peace today? The peace that passes understanding, the peace that only God can offer. The the psalmist writes in chapter 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Be still. It is difficult to know who God is if we aren't still enough, long enough to be able to hear from Him, to be able to set back long enough and say, we've got all of these things in our lives. We put so much pressure in our life. God, we just want to take time to be able to hear from you. Psalm 4 relates very well to this, and it's one of my favorite verses. And let me read it. It says, do not... Be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Prayer is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give God praise, and petition is, I'm going to ask God for something. With thanksgiving, I'm going to pray with thanksgiving. I'm not going to be grumpy. I'm not going to be angry. I'm going to be thankful. Present your request to God. And when you do that, when you pray in the midst of anxiety, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it's not human understanding. It doesn't make any sense in the midst of all the chaos Somehow we find calm, and it doesn't make sense, but it transcends all understanding, and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And friends, so many of us have experienced that. It is powerful. It is unexplainable. It does transcend all human understanding, but it is real. It is something that only God can give you. When you know the joy that you have in your heart, the hope that you have for forgiveness and, and for eternal life, and the fact that God is with you, he leads you, he guides you, and he helps you along the way. You know, one of the titles for God in the Bible is counselor. My TV watching these days is pretty much um, relegated to some sports occasionally, a good episode of Family Feud, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and then watching YouTube and, uh, and, and watching in particular, um, I like this comedian named Gabriel Iglesias. You guys seen him? He's hilarious and fairly clean, which I like. And, uh, and then there, I watch Dr. Phil a lot on YouTube. I don't know why. It just always pops up. Once you watch something, it shows up again and again. So I just keep watching Dr. Phil episodes. And uh, I love the, kind of the, the chaos and, and the craziness of people and the fact that he just kind of tells it like it is. And uh, I like that. But I can tell you this. The Bible says we have a counselor that's far better than Dr. Phil. The Bible says God is our wonderful counselor. He can work on the stuff inside of you. He, he can. We just need to come to him and say, search me, oh God, and know my heart. And know my anxious thoughts. And he can take you right to the root of why personally you are so stressed out or so much tension or why you run so fast. He gives you that diagnosis in his word, just like I illustrated today. Every point had a counterpoint. God's word is so plain. It's so It's so easy to understand in places where God just speaks truth into your life. And and here's a verse that I think, it's in the message version of the Bible, but listen to what he says. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion or on performance stuff? Come to me. Get away with me and recover your life. I'll show you how to take rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lively. And for instance, I've been living in a company with him on a daily basis, my life is freer and lighter, and we know peace because he is the author of peace. He is the prince of peace. He is the only one who can give you real peace. So VIPs, we came today to give you a message that in the world of tension and strife and stress, there is one who can give you peace that passes all understanding. God, we just give you thanks today for loving us. Thank you for the things that, while we f- face some challenges and, ch- and trials in this life and some, some hardships and some tension, some stress, God, help us to find the freedom in Christ. That's, that's one of the reasons we come here every weekend, because we need to be reminded about what's most important in life. We need to be reminded what it means to have a relationship with you. We need to be reminded that this life is not all about our schedules or agendas or, or even the activities that we do, God. There's something more important and we need to teach that to our kids and and we need to be reminded of that. Worship is a good reminder that we just need to be humble before you. And God, I, I pray that as we leave today, that we leave with really a load lifted and that we figure out ways to simplify our life and to focus on the things that are most important. God, thank you for your love for us and thank you for reminding us that we are your children and you care for us so much, that you love us, that indeed you gave your own life for us. We love you, God, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.